0: remembering that for three years, I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. This is the word of the Lord. Let's try that again. This is the word of the Lord. Well, one of the things that I've learned, and I suspect a lesson that you've learned in the past couple of months, well, you know, I would have said I believe this, but I've seen it to be more and more true in the past couple of months, is is the idea that, that no one Christian can carry the burden of life on his or her own, right? We need one another. No one Christian can follow the life that God has for us by themselves. That's not the way we were intended to live life together. We need fellowship. Much like the Fellowship of the Ring. Um, I'm coming in hot with Lord of the Rings illustrations, and I'm not apologizing. I'm doing it. It's been two months. Um, You know, in the Fellowship of the Ring, Frodo cannot carry the burden of the ring by himself. He needs help. He needs the Fellowship. And so he has a group of friends go with him, each with their own distinctive gifts and characteristics. And in the Fellowship, there's also leaders. There are those who guide and protect and do what is necessary in the hard moments. And one of the many reasons I love the Lord of the Rings is because so much about the story reflects what's true in our life. And that's true in our life. That image of the journey of life being walked together in fellowship with others is an appropriate image for the calling of the people of God, for your calling, and for the calling of the leaders of God's people. So, That's what we're going to talk about today, what it means to be a shepherded people, a people who are led. On life's journey. This series, The People of God, is helping us hopefully understand what it means to be the church. We've seen that the church is to be devoted to worshiping God together, to be devoted to life together with one another. We're to be bold in our prayer life and in our witness to the world of the gospel. We're to be united as one body under our head, Jesus Christ. And today we see in this text, in Acts, that the people of God are to be shepherded. They're to be led and cared for by men whom the Lord has equipped and called to do that task. One of the main ways, according to Acts 20, that God cares for, one of the main ways that God ministers to the people of God as they're moving forward in the mission he has called them to is through shepherds or elders. So we see that the people of God are a shepherded people. The context of these verses that I read is important. This is Paul speaking to a group of elders, shepherds, leaders in a church in Ephesus. He had planted the church a couple of years before, and he's meeting with them here in a port town called Miletus, because Paul is about to get on a ship to Jerusalem, where, incidentally, he will be imprisoned and spend the rest of his life in various jail cells. So before Paul leaves, he calls these elders to himself and really gives them his his last will and testament for them, so to speak. He's knowing uh, that this is the last time he's going to see these men before he dies. And so these words that I read are his final words of instruction. So these words in Acts 20 are like Paul preparing the church for what life is going to be like after he's gone. It's Paul answering the question, who's going to lead us and how are we going to function when I'm gone and when all the apostles are gone? And one of the key ways that God leads the church and cares for the church is through shepherds or overseers or elders. So I want to summarize the main idea for you and then look at this text for a few minutes. Here's the big point for you today. Elders are critical for the mission of the people of God. That's the big idea. Elders are critical for the mission of the people of God. I'm going to give you two reasons why that's the case from Paul in these verses. And then the third point is going to be some practical application. So let's look together, just for a few minutes. First, we see that elders are critical. A healthy church needs healthy elders caring for the people, first because, well, elders care for God's people. Look in the text with me again. Verse 28, Paul says to these elders, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God. Elders are called to shepherd, to love, and to lead those that God has entrusted to them. One of the books I read over the past couple of months when I didn't have as much going on is Lonesome Dove, Larry McMurtry's great classic Texas novel. Some of you might have read that. It's a pretty beastly book, but some of you might have gotten through it. Others of you might have seen the miniseries. I encourage you to do so. It's a great miniseries. The book's about these two former Texas Rangers, Gus and Call, who lead a herd of cattle from the Rio Grande Valley in a little town called Lonesome Dove, right on the border, all the way north to the very northern edge of Montana, right on the border with Canada, And on the way, Gus and Call and the other cowboys, well, they they lead these cows through rivers and through plains and through hailstorms and through dust storms. They feed them. They water them. They direct them. They protect them from snakes. They protect them from wolves. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And Call, at one point, sums up, really, the whole theme of the story by saying simply, life ain't for sissies. Life ain't for sissies. That's the theme of Lonesome Dove. And Many of us might think, hey, that's the theme of my life lately, right? One of the things I love about Lonesome Dove is, is that the power of the story is largely in this metaphor of the trail journey. That's what life is like. We're all pilgrims. We're all journeying together. And one of the things that God says that we need and that God provides for us on the spiritual journey of the Christian life is leaders, is elders to care for us. He calls and he equips and he gifts some through the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide and to care for the people of God. Here's the key thing I want you to take away from this point, that elders care for God's people. Listen, God is actively involved and engaged in your life right now, partly through the ministry of elders in a local church. Look at what Paul says in verse 28. He says that it's the Holy Spirit who has made these men overseers. God is the one. God is the one who placed these elders in the position they're in in the church. God is the one who expects them to lead and to shepherd well, to pay attention to themselves and to the flock. And I love this idea because it shows us that God is deeply and intimately engaged in the process of leading this and every church. God is intimately engaged in the process of walking with you through life. One of the ways that God loves you, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, is through giving you shepherds to care for you and to tend for your souls. It's the Holy Spirit's activity that does this. So why does God do that? Why does God use the Spirit To call certain people to lead and serve in a church as elders. Well, Paul tells us. Look at verse 28. To care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. The reason God gives elders and all his gifts through the gifting of the Spirit is because God cares deeply for every single one of his people. And God cares deeply for every single expression of his global church. God gives his people elders because he loves you. After all, it is his church. It is his bride. It's very obvious Paul's logic. Paul's saying, if God loves you enough to send Jesus to bear your sin through his death on the cross... If God loves you that much, then surely God loves you enough to take care of you until Jesus comes back. And one of the ways that God does that is through men that he equips to serve as shepherds. It costs the blood of the God who became man to gather these sheep into a community of worshipers and servants of God. God paid the greatest price imaginable to bring you into his family into his sheepfold. And so the text is saying that God's not going to abandon you to the wolves of the world or to the waves of the world. Jesus cares for you through giving you shepherds who are also being shepherded by him. The great shepherd. Remember what Jesus says in John's gospel, chapter 10. I am the good, what? Shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. Shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Elders are given to the church and all of the gifts that the spirit gives are given to the church. Because the church is precious to God. Elders are given to the church, really, because of the preciousness of the gospel. Each one of you who follow Jesus and believe Jesus are the sheep for whom Christ shed his blood. God loves you. He loves you deeply. He loves you in a way that you can't fathom. And God is intent on blessing you and seeing that it goes well for you. He wants to lead you beside still waters and lay you down in green valleys. God's brought you into his family. We're the fruit of the gospel. We are the reason Christ died to bring glory to God through the transformation of our lives in faith. So if all that's true, if all that's true, God is going to, in his kindness, appoint good shepherds over you to care for you, to feed you. God's going to pursue you with his fighting love, with his never giving up love. And one of the ways he does that is through sub-shepherds under the great shepherd Jesus. Amen? God gives elders to care for the people of God. Therefore, elders are critical. Second, God gives elders to the church, and elders are critical because elders fight off wolves. Verse 29. Paul tells us that elders fight wolves from the outside. Look at what he says. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in. Among you, not sparing the flock. Look at how certain Paul is there, right? I know this is definitely going to happen because wherever sheep are, guess what else is there? Wolves. Wolves are not far away, they're always prowling near sheep. In the New Testament, wolves refer to false teachers to those who lead people astray into false thinking and into false living and therefore destroy people's spiritual lives. So he tells us that elders protect the church from wolves on the outside. He also tells us that elders fight off wolves from within. Look at verse 30. From among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. So elders care for the church by protecting the church from false teaching which is why the Bible tells us elsewhere that elders must not be recent converts and that elders must be able to teach. But I like how Paul puts this. He's saying some wolves are obvious. Their predatory intent is clear. But other wolves, these wolves that come from within, are much less obvious and much more subtle. Really, they're more like snakes than wolves. I'm mixing my scary animal metaphors here, but they're both in the Bible, right? They're snake wolves. That sounds scary, they're, they're bad wolves. They're, they're the kind of wolves that reflect what Satan did in the garden. I mean, Satan came as a snake. Side note, get rid of your pet snakes. It's a clear application right there in the Bible, right? Um, Satan came as a snake, and he deceived and tempted Adam and Eve by saying, Did God really say?" Calling people and calling people now to question God's good and kind, kingly authority. So Paul is saying that elders must be on guard against false teachers against wolves on the outside and on the inside so that they can shoot them not literally and throw them out of the sheepfold now that kind of hits us and stings us perhaps and one of the reasons that it does that is because we tend to underestimate the danger of wolves we tend to underestimate the danger of wolves because we tend to underestimate the danger of false teaching But the Bible is abundantly clear, friends, brothers, sisters. Listen, false teaching, wrong teaching is harmful to people. It is harmful to you. Sticks and stones break your bones. But words also really, really hurt. We learn that lesson early in life, and then we're reminded of it again and again on the journey, aren't we? Jesus reserves some of his strictest judgment and condemnation for false teachers. Just one example, a good one, from Jesus' words to the church at Pergamum in Revelation 2. Listen to what Jesus said to them. So also you have some who hold the teaching of the Nicolaitans, false teachers, therefore repent. If not, I will come to you soon and war against them with the sword of my mouth. That's really high on a list of things you never want to hear Jesus say to you, by the way. He's going to war against you with the sword of his mouth. The scripture's clear on this point. Wolves are dangerous. Wolves will eat you alive and destroy your faith if given an opportunity. The teaching that you believe and follow will have significant consequences for the health of your spiritual journey. So, elders are essential. For the people of God because they instruct in sound doctrine. They fight off wolves and snake wolf false teachers that have always been around. And until Jesus comes back, always will be around. Elders are critical because they care for God's people and because they protect God's people. Third, some application. Some application for sheep, of which also we elders are. Right By the way, we're all sheep and some application for shepherds, those who are called to be under shepherds or sub-shepherds under Jesus. First, application for sheep. Listen to and submit to your elders. Those are two verbs that we don't like. Listen yeah, and submit. Ooh, ooh, ooh. But just so you know, this isn't me telling you this. Let me just read you from Hebrews 13. Obey your leaders, the author of Hebrews says, and submit to them, for they're keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us. So one of the clear applications is that if you're a part of a church, you should listen to and submit to your elders. You should not do that because your elders are perfect or even better than you because we're not. Uh, You should do it because elders are called by God to care for you to the best of their ability as they rely as well on Jesus. That's why in our particular denomination, one of the five membership vows we have you take when you join our church, one of the five promises you make is that you will submit to the government and discipline of this church. To submit doesn't mean, by the way, that you always agree or that with everything elders say, or that elders somehow deserve your blind allegiance. We do not, and I do not. That's simply not the case. In fact, one of the best ways to demonstrate and live out submission is to bring questions or concerns to elders personally, rather than spreading them out to others. So one of the clear applications for you, friends, is to listen to and submit to your elders. A second application. If you're not under elders, you're in danger. This is one of the most important reasons we practice church membership. Church membership is a mechanism that allows elders to know who they're responsible to shepherd. Who am I responsible to shepherd? Every Christian in San Antonio? No. I'm responsible to shepherd the people that are members of the church God has called me to serve. And it helps sheep, it helps members know who they're being shepherded by and who they're responsible to submit to and pray for and love. You know, you've seen these nature shows, right, on National Geographic or the Nature Channel when the African savanna is being filmed and they're following lions. And the lions are going after a herd, herd, herd of gazelles, flock, litter, something, of gazelles or, um, you know, sh- um, uh, gazelles or antelope or whatever lions kill. And, and as you watch these documentaries, you know, what? what is the first Antelope that a lion's going to go after the stray one, right? That's off by himself. That's lagged too long at the watering hole. They're the easiest prey. Those are the ones that the wolves and the lions hunt down and eat first. So the scripture saying not to come under the care of elders is not to come under the protection and the care that God has ordained for you. It doesn't help shepherds and it certainly doesn't help you. Third piece of application for sheep. The Scripture calls us to do ministry and mission under elders' care. The structure of the people of God is not, okay, there's elders up here who do all the work, and then there's sheep that just graze or just kind of lay around. That's not at all the case. Rather, the structure of Christ's church is designed to create an army, a sheep army, a ravenous, fearsome sheep army, right? And uh, elders are intended to equip the church and to care for the church so that you, the people of God, can get on with their calling and their mission and can use their own gifts to further advance the glory of God and the kingdom of Jesus in this world. That's why Paul in Ephesians 4 says God gave pastors and teachers, elders, to equip the saints, you, for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. So there's three pieces of application for you, friends, brothers and sisters. A couple of pieces of application now for shepherds. First, watch over yourselves first and stay close to Jesus. Look at what Paul says back in verse 28. Pay close attention to yourselves, A, and then B, to the rest of the flock. Elsewhere in his letters, Paul writes in Galatians 6, for example, restore those who are caught in any transgression with the spirit of gentleness. In other words, when you catch someone in sin, lovingly restore them, lead them to repentance and faith, and do it gently. And then what does Paul say? Keep watch on yourself. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. So shepherds, me and our elders and all elders, must learn the practice of walking closely with their shepherd, Jesus Really, we all have the same elder. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Elders are just as dependent on Jesus' grace as non-elders. In fact, elders are to lead the way in dependence. We're the most needy among us. An expression of our deep neediness is not a sign of immaturity. That's a sign of gospel maturity. The great Puritan Richard Baxter in his book on the work of the pastor Writes this. Listen to what Baxter says to pastors and elders. If it be not your daily business to study your own hearts and to subdue corruption and to walk with God, all will go wrong with you and you will starve your hearers. You cannot expect a blessing from on high. We all know, you know, when we've flown in airplanes, back when people used to fly airplanes, that doesn't happen anymore. Three months ago that happened, when uh, they're giving the instructions at the beginning, they say, put the oxygen mask on yourself first, and then give it to your children. That same principle applies in the work of being a shepherd or a leader in the church of Jesus. Keep close watch on yourself and stay close to Jesus. Second application for shepherds. Remember that this is Christ's church, not yours, and not mine. Jesus is the one who feeds his people. Jesus uses means and instruments, some of which are shepherds and leaders and teachers, but Jesus is the only Messiah and Savior among us. Jesus is Jesus, so let's let Jesus be Jesus. Jesus is the one who does the work of gospel renewal and change. Paul in 1 Corinthians Corinthians 3, to another church he had planted, says, I came and I planted, and then Apollos, the next pastor, he came after me and he watered. But God is the one who gives the growth. God's the one who gives the growth. Listen, that is always true. That's true right here and right now. We can all be glad, let me just personally say, that we do have elders that clearly recognize their own limits and weaknesses. That's important because it will help them remember whose church this is. Can I just tell you really personally for a minute that uh, every week there's no one in this room who needs to hear my sermon, more than me. I'm not saying that with false modesty. I really mean that. I need to know that Jesus is my Savior, that I am loved, that if I am His, I am, I'm going to be able to willingly and lovingly lead you into that. I, I can't teach you what I am not personally experiencing. That's, that's true for me, and it's true for all of our elders and all of the elders that God calls to lead in His church. I love this quote from Pastor Craig Barnes in his book, The Pastor is Minor Poet, about the work of the preacher. By the way, this is very, very true. Listen to what Barnes writes. The unspoken secret to great preaching is that no one should enjoy the sermon more than the preacher. When they cannot wait for the gift of getting to proclaim what they have discovered. This is why the gospel is called good news. You know, you could sum it up by saying a shepherd is only serving well as a shepherd when a shepherd is following Jesus, when a shepherd is humbly submitted to Jesus, when a shepherd is growing in the grace of the gospel. So there's some application both for shepherds and sheep. Let's close with the way Paul closes. Look at what he says in verse 32. I commend you, he says. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. I mean, at the end of the day, Isn't that what does all this? The word of his grace. That's how sheep move forward in the faith. That's how shepherds move forward in the faith. We are all, every one of us, Equally and completely reliant upon the word of the grace of God in Jesus. By grace, Jesus is the great church planter. By grace, Jesus is the great church builder. By grace, Jesus is going to fulfill the promise he made that he will build this church. And the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. So a healthy church A healthy people of God on mission keeps the reality of the word of his grace, the word of his power, at the center of our collective existence together, walking on the journey of mercy with him. May that be true of us here and now. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, let's pray.